0: Welcome back to Knowledge Drop. My name is Derek.
1: My name is Josh. My name is Jake. And Jake is our special guest today. We are so happy to have him here. Um, He is super knowledgeable of what we're talking about today, so we're pumped to get into that. But before we do, I got a fun fact for you, Derek.
0: Excellent. Hit me.
1: Did you you know that the space station is now recycling up to 98% of the water?
0: That's That's a pretty good efficiency. Like, considering a lot of things in in engineering or just in general, like, don't perform that well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And just think of if we could apply that technology to this this vast desert we live in, how much <laughs> how much water we could save.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure, and here's a double fun fact for you, because I, I was thinking about setting this up. In our county, if you want to set up, like, a water reclamation system, like yep. a, a gutters and and uh, store that water or even reuse. Like if you want to reuse your, the gray water from your sink or whatever, you have to put in a second water meter and you have to pot, you have to pay for that water again.
1: I hate the government sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That, that had me pretty, uh, yeah, I I was pretty upset. So anyway, uh, the rainwater off the check, but I, for sure the reusing the water because they have such a like crazy system for For reclaiming all the water from the valley, so
2: I wonder what percentage of houses in this area even have gutters. It must be a very small. Oh yeah,
0: I I hardly ever see them. Like the only person that I know in this area, and he he's a YouTuber too. He his whole house and shed and all that has gutters, and he has enough water. Uh, I think he has enough water for the whole year. Wow, that's how. And it's not like a big house, but he has just such good um like water systems and stuff like that set up it's pretty cool. Wow. Um anyway, back to our our main topic today, we're talking about Pokemon.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. I uh so for context for you guys, my experience with Pokemon, I got a Game Boy when I was like 8, 8 or 9. And it was game over from then. Like, I got Pokemon Gold or something. And uh, loved it. And we road tripped a lot. Like, we moved almost every summer. And so I would play Pokemon in the car all the time.
2: Yep, I think uh, we can relate to that. I mean, I remember... Well, we had a family Game Boy. We all shared it, Ugh, and uh, that sounds
0: rough. <laughs> we all shared,
2: as in he always, always hogged it. So yeah. really,
1: really was us staying up late at night, you know, under the sheets. <laughs> except yeah. I had to get down into his bunk so I could
2: watch him play Pokemon.
0: With a Game Boy or like Game Boy Advance, Game Boy
2: Advance, Game Boy Advance, and so, you had like
0: the light screen. I'm assuming. Yep. Oh, right. Nice. So
2: we started on the Gen Three games. I think Sapphire was the first game that we had. Okay. But I do remember. Josh, at some point, well, because that's that's the sad thing about Pokemon games—you can only have one save file, yeah. you know. So at one point, I had leveled my can all the way to level one hundred, and, <laughs> and okay, uh, that's no
0: small feat. We're going to talk about that today. And
2: uh, and Josh reset my game at some point, and <sighs> I just remember booting it up one day and seeing it was gone, and then that basically ruined my life at that point. Uh, you know, yeah, as that, a ten-year-old <laughs> that would be
0: pretty devastating. I'm not going to lie. For any age, right. I I could lose my save right now on my phone and I'd be pretty upset. All right.
2: um,
0: so I I've only played um, I played very very little of Gen One and then Gen Two. I played all three. Like I I had all three uh, Gold Silver Crystal, and I just played the crap out of all of them. And um, a couple weeks ago, maybe like three weeks ago, I was like, I don't want to just be on on social media all the time. Like I'm gonna find something something more fun. Something that old, like, I don't know. No, I don't want to say productive, but... Uh, <laughs> so I, I started looking into um, ROMs, like a, a, an emulator on my phone. Because I, I know you can do emulators on the computer and, like, Raspberry Pis and stuff, but you don't carry those around with you all the time. So I got one on my phone, and I've been playing it for a couple weeks now, and it's it's been really, really fun.
1: That's oh. awesome. On an OS system? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. that's awesome. So the... I-
0: it, it's actually really weird the way that it runs. It's just a, a, a file that's saved in your uh, oh. like on your uh, phone yeah and then mm-hmm. you you the actual file is saved on your Google Drive and then it's the the emulator app runs through Safari. So then I'm showing for those listening I'm showing them the emulator. It's just like a, a game boy on my iPhone and uh you can also change the speed so i have it at 3x speed make nice. <laughs> <And laughs> grinding uh,
2: those levels a little bit faster yes yeah. yes
0: grinding is uh much uh, less annoying <laughs> but uh yeah no i i i've loved it it's it's been frustrating because i didn't realize how much there was i've been playing for years and there are things that i'm discovering about the game that i'm like oh this would have changed everything
2: right. <laughs> and but, so like imagine you know being a 10 year old like you'd never use a move like swords dance no or, you never, know it never, has, never, it never has to, to be very strong and do lots of damage for you know so yeah
0: I, I, and that's one of the things i want to talk to you guys about of like and and we'll we'll talk to it about it in a minute but uh, i wanted to go over some of the history and context of where pokemon came from and uh like how we got to it today um and so it all started with a guy in japan named satoshi tajiri and as a little kid he he lived in like this kind of village and him and his friends they loved collecting bugs and like little animal not animals but like snakes like frogs whatever whatever and for him it was more than just catching them it was like uh there's like this anecdote he people would uh, put out honey to catch beetles and he was like that's good but like how else could you catch a beetle and so he realized that uh, beetles like to sleep under rocks and so he would put rocks under trees and then go check all the rocks for beetles Ooh. and so he was like trying to experiment on how to how to catch and collect and he became known as uh the mr Bugman among his friends because okay. he's so so good at it um and so that that was kind of like a huge part of where Pokemon came from. As you can kind of start to see the theme of like going out, exploring, trying to catch different Pokemon and um, stuff like that. He also was really into anime. I mean, if you live in Japan, how could you not be into anime? Um, and then when he started to get a little bit older, he created a, a web a uh, magazine called Game Freak, which is the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the creator of Pokemon and a. Uh, he did that for a long time and that's where he started to learn about business and like marketing and like pitching ideas. And he did that for a few years and it was kind of interesting. So obviously there was a community of readers of this game freak magazine because he would talk about uh, video games and and stuff like that. Very slowly he started to form this community and this was the community that helped him build Pokemon. So Um. one of the main people in the community helped him start building the game which I was like that's insane like just a bunch of friends getting together to talk about video games and anime and building a game and stuff like that wow um and so the when they were talking about building a game together cuz their their main like problem with games as they existed back then was arcade games they all felt the same
1: yep mm-hmm.
0: and so what they started talking about and what kind of propelled them into a like uh, a role role role-playing game RPG was Satoshi went back to his hometown and it had become this giant city and he was like oh what are these kids gonna do there's no exploring there's no bugs there's no there's nothing they can do and collect and so he wanted to bring part of his childhood of that exploration and like stuff like that to these kids in the city and so they started uh, this game and they called it uh, capsule monsters and they started going with that but there were a few few copyright uh, problems with that at the time uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of Ultraman I have it's not a, yeah, it's an anime in Japan it's old but there were also there was an existing toy that came in a capsule and so they, they had to change it to Pocket Monsters which is where the name Pokemon comes from right. um, so yeah it uh they, they started building this community they started building the game it took them 6 years to build the first game yeah,
1: yeah. i mean building it from scratch and at that time yeah. i'm sure there was like uh, data restriction on how mm-hmm. big they can make their file and i'm yeah, sure that was like a huge bit processor was yeah, yeah, a huge yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah we'll talk we'll talk about cuz there's a lot of math i knew you'd like that you, <laughs> there's a lot of math involved in today's uh, or in in pokemon
2: i was gonna say i think that's i've heard that they had to there was limitations they put in the game like they were limited limited to a certain number of pokemon i Mm -hmm. believe and then there were other limiting factors too so that's interesting yeah
0: i thought it was interesting too that so the game originally was in japanese when they went to make it in english english takes up more memory and so they had to like almost completely rework the game because they were like how do you we're already hitting the max of like the technology of, of Game Boy cartridges. And so how do we, how do we do this? So I thought that was, that's pretty cool. Um,
1: and that, that almost seems wild to me because all that would really change is language. And I, I, would, I feel like if you compare yeah the symbols in Japanese to English, there are way more Japanese symbols.
0: Yeah. But I mean, if you deconstruct like Japanese language, each stroke means something. So like one symbol could mean a whole Mm -hmm. part of a sentence instead of like yeah yeah it's like if you took all the symbols of the letters and kind of jammed them together at least that's my understanding okay Um, and so with pokemon you had to kind of get creative of how are we gonna continue the same game but strip it down so that we can put all the features and stuff that were in it um I did think it was kind of funny I didn't think about this as a kid but as an adult I was like oh this is yeah I'm glad they kind of thought about and got around this because some of the original ideas concepts in the game were you could go to a store and you could just buy Pokemon out of cages and stuff
1: oh really yeah
0: and it was like well maybe we shouldn't treat Pokemon as like slaves (laughs) (laughs) maybe we should treat them more as friends and like not think of a or the other thing was uh pokemon shouldn't shouldn't die uh satoshi tajiri had like a big thing about you know we should respect death and so when like we're playing video games and you're like oh i'm dying i'm dying i'm dying and he's like we should we should respect that so pokemon faint they don't die right so it was is uh
2: yeah especially if your market is going to be you know younger kids
0: (laughs) (laughs) you want to make sure that they're treating animals to respect
2: right you don't want to give them any any bad ideas
0: yeah it, and the original protagonist for the game um like he's just this kind of character he's like posed originally he had a whip what? like in like in his pose he had this whip thing yeah it yeah it was I was never heard of that that's that's pretty Well funny. and yeah it, it's a early development of the game it was also one of the first games of the time that didn't have like an overarching villain like the premise of the game was I want to be the best. I mm. want to collect all these Pokemon, fill up my Pokédex, which was really different for the time. Like a lot of the villains, it was like Mario, you got to defeat Bowser, or you know Donkey Kong, or whatever it is. Like
1: it still had that element, though. But yeah, I guess that wasn't the yeah. focal point of the game.
0: Yeah, like you have your rival and you have the Elite Four, but none and of Team them Team Rocket. Are, or yeah, I guess that's true.
2: And but I feel like that adds so much content and replayability, or or just playability. I mean, you yeah you can complete the main storyline, but then you have all of this extra, you know, all these tasks that you're supposed to accomplish. Yeah, all and, the post-game stuff. Right, the and then also, fun. yeah, I mean, most most kids probably didn't catch all the Pokemon, you know, during their playthrough, so, you know, if you wanted to go mm-hmm. back, it's a lot, there's a lot of content. Yeah, yep.
0: Um, they also weren't anticipating Pokemon to be, like, the mega franchise that it is today, and so after Crystal... They were just like, okay, we got to make Crystal the best because we're not doing Pokemon after this. We don't think that it's gonna be like a long term franchise mm-hmm. like Mario or or whatever. And so it was kind of like, oh, where do we? And that's why when you see Gen two to Gen three, there's like a a complete reworking of of the games, different graph, and obviously the graphics and technology has improved a lot since 1996 to you know mid 2000s. When the Ruby Sapphire came out, right. So
2: and and yeah, Crystal. I mean, it was like two regions in one. You had, I mean, that was yep. at that time it was pretty impressive. And just yeah, how technology kind yeah. of evolved just in those early years. I mean, it, you know, think about it having all you know six, basically two regions, sixteen gym badges, yep. in one game yeah. like that. That's pretty impressive.
0: Well, and like, there's got to be like it, over a hundred different trainers with unique amounts of Pokemon and. Uh yeah, it was it was a lot. It was it's actually very impressive how much they were able to fit into the into the games. Right.
2: It would have been a it would have been a pretty impressive way for the series to end if it did yeah. at that point.
0: Yeah. Um and so now we've got a little bit of context of how the the games were made. I'm going to jump into like I wasn't expecting to get this much content out of Pokemon. But <laughs> This is a rabbit hole, and i I feel like I've just scratched the surface, so um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was kind of what what Jake touched on it was like you're not gonna use swords dance when you're a kid, like you're just gonna beef up the strongest Pokemon you have and just full send the flame wheel, you know <laughs> <laughs> and so i I dove into like Pokemon and what what they're made up of so Buckle up. So there's the types, right? There's grass type, electric type, ground type. There's abilities. There's traits. There's power points. There's levels, and there's movesets. And then the movesets also have types. And then there's, like, Swords Dance. there's non-damaging moves. These are all things that Pokemon can do or are. Um... And if you watch Pokemon or competitive speedrunning, anything like that, you'll you'll hear a lot about this stuff. Um, and jump in if you have questions or comments, because there's a, a lot of stuff I need to get out there before we can uh, talk about it. But so there are these things called individual vi- values, called IVs. Uh, these are kind of like the under the hood stats that determine the uh, the regular uh, stats. Uh, and they're usually... It's a spectrum of 0 to 31. And you never really see them in the games. Like, you can't look them up. And so it's kind of an interesting, like, how you train for IV. Because you can IV train. Um, but the premise is, is this the fastest that this specific species of Pokemon can be? That's kind of the nutshell that I was able to kind of wrap my head around. So, like you want to kind of prioritize which stats are you are going to be the best for battling, so on, so on, so forth. Uh, moving on, uh, there are, this was not a Gen 2, uh, oh, actually, I need to double-check that. There are natures for Pokemon. So there's, like, hardy, bold, timid, modest, calm, like, all of these different things boost uh, stats, or or they hinder stats. Or they don't do anything for the stats. Maybe they do something for IVs. Um, oh, sorry, I should have started here. So there are base stats. There's six. There's health points, attack, defense, speed, special defense, special attack. You can kind of optimize for all of those different things. Um, and then depending on the species of Pokemon, so like Pikachu, the most famous example is going to have naturally more speed, than a poke. which is an actual Pokemon.
1: Yep.
2: Right, and and typically you can, just by looking at a Pokemon, you you might be able to tell what statistics, yeah. you know, Pika- looking at Pikachu, you probably be able to tell it's pretty fast. Yeah. And So typically you can look at a Pokemon and you can kind of guess what its stats will be. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: now the next part is uh, effort values, EVs. Now these are uh, they increase specific stats and depend on uh, how much you train a Pokemon and depends on what you battle. And so like if you defeat a just a bunch of uh, Zigzagoon's, you get one speed stat or a one speed increase. I think that I think that's how it goes. And so you can you can breed you can also breed Pokemon, and you can breed them with these Eevees, which totally blew my mind because I was just like, oh, it's an egg um so yeah those are all of the like what make up a pokemon and like all of the strategy that like trying to optimize all these things that is it's a huge 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 part of like competitive pokemon uh, they're like actual tournaments and stuff that happen
1: yeah 100 percent. like going going through the game like as a kid you never have to worry about it you're, you're just gonna over level by 10 levels and smack whoever the gym le- gym leader or elite four member is yeah. but yeah when you go into like the battle frontier or you're going into competitive this this has a, a big big impact because all, all those your your basic values statistics have a have a range on them right mm-hmm. and so th- that is where IVs and EVs come in and so IVs cannot be trained right IVs are
2: born with ivs are born with so and then evs are trained
1: yeah and so yeah so typically kind of like you said a pokemon usually has like two maybe three like super high performing stats and typically what you would want to do is you'd want to further bulk those stats in most cases to like up up your advantage Mm -hmm. so like pikachu for example um, i'm sure he has super high speed so to ensure he he moves first. Like you would probably up his speed towards a max,
2: and then right because Pikachu, um, for example, yeah, it has great speed. Um, its defenses and its HP are not very high. It's mostly a quick attacker, so you would probably want to max out its speed stat, and then whatever attack you're trying to use, whether it's physical or special, um, those would be the two stats that would be worth um, applying, uh, because I mean they're just. Pikachu is not defensive, uh, defensive enough to, um, it, it wouldn't survive anything. Even if you put a lot of, you know, if you trained it for a lot of EVs in defense, it, it wouldn't really matter. And and to put some context out there, why can we only train like two s- statistical categories? So there are, I think it's a max of 512 IVs, or I'm sorry, is it EVs? EVs, uh-huh, EVs. that you can yep. train a Pokemon and each uh each stat can have a max of 252 evs out of 512 so you can't just put all 512 in one stat 252 is the max so a lot of people if you're going for yeah if you have a fast offensive attacker um they'll split the 252 evs into the attack stat that they're using and then Mm -hmm. the speed stat and then that'll leave four left over for whatever stat uh, you want to put in but Um, that's kind of the most basic way that you can apply EVs. And then from there, you can do all sorts of calculations and you can put specific EVs uh, into different stats to survive a very specific attack from a very specific Pokemon. Um, And those types of spreads are found in um, very competitive formats. But in something like a simple playthrough, that's not something you'd ever have to worry about.
0: So with your understanding of of how pokemon are built do you like the system that they have made
2: so especially early on um ivies especially uh you would never even know that they're in the game i mean Mm -hmm. uh, the games don't mention them ever i mean i think i think gen 3 was the first time um ivs are ever even mentioned and they're not directly mentioned you had to talk to this um random npc yeah and
0: he like tells you there's like a keyword he uses that tells you right at what point they are right yeah
2: but he still doesn't uh, refer to them specifically as ivs so early on uh it was terrible i mean getting getting a pokemon with perfect ivs was almost impossible without uh cheating or you know hacking the pokemon into the game Mm. But I will say in recent years, like with, with the more recent releases, uh, they've done a lot better job at making IVs a lot easier to to get. Um, There are like breeding items that they've put in the games that make it easier. And they also have things like bottle caps that will max an IV that isn't perfect. Mm-hmm. So they've done a lot better job and it takes a lot less time. But early on, it was it was horrendous. Yeah, because...
0: To me I, I look at the system and it's just it it's so complex and it just seems like there's no way to optimize it like I, there's a way to optimize it but there's not which which makes it a good game system is there's no way to like have something that's just crazy overpowered very easily
2: right and I'd say yeah the way that they that you can distribute the IV or the EVs and and the IVs I, I think it's very well done but like yeah it was just uh pretty tough early on no one really knew what they were doing and then you know it was it could have been done better but they're learning and i think they've improved it yeah but but that's also like the fun of it one you can play through it as a kid and have
1: fun yeah and then you can be a 29 nerd grinding over this tournament play and also Mm -hmm. have fun Past like Ivies and Eevees, like you can have the strongest team of Pokemon where you trained up trained up all these guys and Max or ivies and Eevees, but then you go into a competitive battle with no strategy and you're still gonna get kicked. Yeah. Swamped, right? So there's even more continual yeah parts of the game.
0: Yeah, I that's a good point. I like that it the amount of fun you can get is it's it depends on how deep you wanna go. Like a ten year old is gonna find just as much fun as a 29 year old
2: yeah i mean if you're not familiar with pokemon like you would never believe how much depth there is in, in the games it's, yeah. it's incredible
0: yeah uh because yeah we're just barely talking about what makes up a pokemon i even forgot to mention um there are abilities given to pokemon so you can have between one and three abilities that shape how it can perform in in a in a battle
2: Right, and that and it's good, and it's also bad because that's just another thing that you have to take into consideration if you're breeding for perfect IVs, and you get a Pokemon with the perfect IVs, but then it has the wrong nature. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's just tough.
0: Yeah, so uh, I think that that's a really good point of like trying to combine the nature IVs, EVs, battles, the ability, base stats, like all those things. Like, I think. For me, I'm like, why not just make it more simple? But the more simple it is, the easier it is to figure out the trends and to kind of hack it and yeah. you know be the best without without anyone being able to challenge you.
2: I th- yeah, I think so. The best thing they've done, it, it, they've made it a lot more accessible. And I I've I'd watched a, v- a few pi- uh, videos in the past where to get a fully competitive team in the older games, it would take um days i mean like 48 plus hours Mm. uh worth of grinding and it's it's ridiculous and now in the newer games it takes about like four or five hours to get a um a full competitive team so they've really cut it down again they've added a lot to make it easier more
0: reasonable um so within so i started to go down that hole of competitive uh battling and, and stuff like that and so with abilities um, or sorry you can change the stats of pokemon with abilities with weather which is can be a move set or which is a move um, items and then moves can all do those things because one of the things that uh, we were talking about is when you're a kid you're never going to use a leer like what what's the point
1: yeah it doesn't hurt them why would i ever do that but as an adult
0: you're you're going to try your best to use moves like non-damaging moves to weaken their stats so that when you do throw down, it it's a one-shot.
2: Right. And yeah, it's very interesting. Um, it's uh, really good to increase your own stats versus decrease, I guess, your opponent's stats, be- yeah. just because you know that you're going to stay in. Because um, if the opponent switches out, then those stat changes are eliminated. Okay. So.
0: Uh, I believe they call it setting up.
2: Correct. So
0: if you, uh, and I, I watch a lot of uh, I don't know if you've heard of Small Ant. Yeah. I I love him. I love watching his videos, but he always talks about setting up, and he'll find like one of the weakest Pokemon on the team, and then he'll just set up, like, and when I say setting up, you'll you'll uh, Swords Dance, for example. If you hit Swords Dance, which attack which boosts your own attack you can do that six times and then it won't boost your attack anymore um and so if you go into the math the way that they broke it down was if you plus six your attack it increases your original attack by 400 percent. which that sounds that's incredible like if for a battling standpoint like being able to do that um and then if you were to do a uh a non-damaging move on your opponent that diminishes their stats. If you do that minus 6 is like the other side of the spectrum. It takes the original stats and uh it's 25% of the original stat. So if if you have 100 100 attack then it goes down to 25 if you hit them with six of those non-damaging moves, which mm. could be very helpful cuz now their attack no, does no damage.
1: If if they stay in, right? Yes, yeah, if they
0: stand. One of the other strategies is, uh, um, there, it's called Dragon Tail or Roar. You can, if, if you notice a Pokemon is starting to set up, you can Roar, which is a move that forces that Pokemon to retreat and then another Pokemon comes out. And then all of that setting up they did was wasted. Um, Dragon Tail does the, the same thing, so, um, that's a, uh, a pro strategy um also speed is like a huge a huge part of the game speed speed manipulation um and i i thought it was all random turns and like who goes first and all that but it's actually uh based on priority and all we'll we'll deep dive into how the how all that works too because there's a lot of math we're just kind of setting up the basic pokemon stuff but
2: uh and it's cool. Um um you'd think, yeah, because the fastest Pokemon always goes first. But there's also a strategy called Trick Room, mm-hmm. which turns that yep. you know, it turns that on its head and it allows the slowest Pokemon to go first. Yep. And it's a very dangerous uh it's it's a dangerous strategy and you have to be on the lookout for it because slow Pokemon are typically more powerful. Um and they're held back, you know, by their, their low speed stat. But when those, you know, Pokemon can attack first uh it's very dangerous so yeah. and there's a way to
0: outdo a trick room as well you so can, yeah. there's like this never-ending way of like moves and counter moves like it, it's almost becoming like chess like there's just so many layers to right. this and there's so many variations
1: and that's very much if you've ever watched a competitive pokemon tournament and you hear these guys thinking through it mm-hmm. like oh do, do i sub here to the to, you know to counter this and which i would and it's just like oh my goodness like just i <laughs> thunderbolt
2: right yeah yeah just just
1: (laughs) yeah just send it
2: it is so much more than just the typing you know it's like oh Mm -hmm. i have an electric type and he has a water type i'm winning but there's so much more than that at the highest level it's not even close to as simple as that yeah they're
1: running through all these they're considering move sets typings uh opponents abilities uh they're working in like uh critical roles Uh, like if if you get a critical hit you know it does there's uh you basically roll die and how much damage it can do, right? And so yeah. they're like calculating all this out in their head. Yeah.
0: And the competitive it's doubles. So now yep. you can have two of your Pokemon. One can support the other and one can be the 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 like the attacker, the defender. Like there's so many more like there's so much more strategy involved.
2: Right, and then just battle strategies. I mean you have you have all the different weathers, um like sun and rain and, and sandstorm. And then, yeah, you have this, the trick room strategies. Um, there, I mean, there's so many just battle strategies. You, mm-hmm. you have the hyper-aggressive, um, super hard-hitting teams. And then you have the very passive um, stall teams that are just trying to outlast your opponent. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways.
0: Yeah. So now that kind of gives you guys an idea of how just wild Pokemon can be strategy-wise just with Pokemon. Now we're going to go into, like, battle mechanics um and so all of what we've talked about those are all variables that you include in the battle but you also have to consider the like base level of the pokemon so if your pikachu is level level 80 like reds pokemon that i'm trying to beat right now it's it's going to be a lot harder to beat if you have a level 60 lukia even if lukia is legendary it's freaking hard whatever uh, there's stat modifiers. There's uh, status effects like burn, sleep, paralysis, confusion, poison, which don't affect your status, your stats, but they affect like uh, your health points and your um, if you're confused or, or uh, stuff like that. And then there's uh, move properties. So uh, strength is one of the moves you can have as a Pokemon, and there's a certain accuracy that that move has. And then all moves are broken down into physical and special attacks. And, you know, physical attacks primarily rely on the attack and defense stats. And then special attacks rely on your special attack and special defense stats. And then there's friendship. Friendship is another, uh, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about Pokemon characteristics. And there's weather, like you mentioned. And uh, you can have uh, used items like potions. And uh, previous moves can set up other moves. So if you have a double battle. Sunny Day from one Pokemon can set up the Fire type of another Pokemon. So, and then uh, held items, um, like a one of the there's a, a miracle seed that you can give to Grass types that vastly improves the effectiveness of Grass type moves. Yeah, that those are all the battle variables that I was able to identify. I don't know if I've missed any.
2: I mean, there's so many. it's hard to even say you you said so. Many. <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> we'll We'll just assume that, that that's the majority of them.
2: and it's just it's it's so cool to
1: see how uniquely they can be used because like traditionally you'll go through a game um, and a wild pokemon or a, a gym badge or a gym leader will have like an orange berry, so you'll get it down mm. and then'll it'll boost some health. and that's like the most typical. but like the more and more you play and the more and more you watch people play the different kinds of things they can use is, is awesome. Like there are different, like, and to go back to like natures and abilities, like there's different natures or abilities. If you have a status condition, um, you have boosted attack or if your health is so low, you have okay. boosted attack. So like, um, I don't know. You guys, have you heard of Pokemon challenges? Yep.
0: Uh, like nuzlocks.
1: Yeah. 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 So, so he's great. He was doing a, he was helping Ludwig through, through a Nuzlocke. Um, And so, basically, one of the strategies there was, I forget what the Pokemon was, but he had to get it poisoned before he entered the Elite Four, Mm -hmm. so he had a boosted attack stat, so he could go in there and, you know, better wipe those opponents. Yeah, yeah. Or I was just watching, I think it was a Gen 1 or 2 speedrun, and so the whole time, this guy had to be below, like, 20% to do extra damage
0: oh yes i've heard of that That's and so be, yeah, so yeah. like
1: so like different things like that and those are like speed
2: runs or other things but so many tactics you can use in such a yep. variety of ways it's yeah well, i mean one of the most annoying strategies um is uh so in the in the pokemon battle frontier this is where i encountered this the most when i was trying to beat it and it's it's such a hard challenge but um you'll have pokemon that will use endure and um, so if you use a move on them but they use endure it'll bring them down to one hp if it was going to knock them out and then they'll be holding like a salic berry which will increase their speed stat when their health drops below i think it's 20 percent. and then um typically it's fighting type pokemon that use this and they have a move called reversal which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which amplifies and damage based on uh so the lower the health you have, the more damage the move does so when you're at one h p the move is doing a ridiculous amount of damage, and then with the speed boost, they can you know they can go back and sweep your team so without like a priority move, which will um one up their speed boost mm-hmm. they can just sweep your team yeah um it 's the worst thing uh, in the world <laughs> so
0: at work, I just gotta have small hands small-, small hand has the vods so they 're like seven hour videos i just have them on in the background because he's just entertaining to listen to but two of the strategies that i thought were really interesting he was forced into was um the the video if you want to watch it it's the uh he played pokemon crystal but every time he does a battle his team is randomized and he was at the champion uh was it the champion he was somewhere that he couldn't change his, his pokemon and he was like kinda of screwed. And uh he was like thinking about it, thinking about it. and he, he came to do a strategy that he used uh Clefable, he used Attract. Yes, it was it was Lance, the the Leap Four, Gen two. Uh he used Attract, which makes male Pokemon fall in love with female Pokemon. All of Lance's Pokemon are male. So now all of the Pokemon on Lance's team can't won't won't attack his Pokemon and he was able to like beat the whole game or beat the, the whole battle with this very underleveled Clefable that had a tract in like one physical type move that it, it took forever, but it was just, it was wild. And then, uh, the other one that I really liked today, he started, a, I started another video where he played Pokemon Emeralds, um, same situation, randomized team. And, uh, he had a, some, I can't remember what it's called. I think it was Ghastly and it had Encore. and Encore locks your opponent into doing the same move over and over again. So he encored a uh, Torkoal doing Sunny Day and he just set up all the rest of his team, or like whatever Pokemon, he he set up one of his other Pokemon really, really well and then just swept the whole team, like, very easily. And it, yeah, it was just like, I didn't uh, he's One of the reasons I like him, he's so clever. Like, he's been really playing Pokemon for so long that he comes up with these really great strategies just on the the cuff. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, and um, those Nuzlocke challenges are pretty cool because um, in a, in a Pokemon Nuzlocke you can only catch one Pokemon per route. Yeah, and so your your pool is limited, so you have to be pretty creative yeah. with your battle strategies. Yes.
1: Not just any Pokemon per route. Your the fir- your first encounter, so you can't go. Yeah. you can't go hunt the best encounter on a route.
0: And then. If they die, that the, you can't ever catch that Pokemon again, right?
2: If they faint, right? Or faint, sorry. Pokemon don't die. Come on. Now.
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So you are no longer able to use that Pokemon in the run, and yeah, uh, yeah, you know, you you can't recatch that that Pokemon either. And then, like, to go on, like, so like Jan on Pokemon challenges, he does what he he deems are hardcore Nuzlocke. So not only does he do that, but then he level caps. Uh, throughout the game so mm-hmm. when he fights the first gym leader he can't none of his pokemon can be higher leveled than her highest level pokemon hmm. and then he can use no items during battle and that, so yeah that would make it hard so those are generally like the three mechanics he uses in what he deems a hardcore nuzlocke but he doesn't pl- he doesn't just play like diamond or ruby Sas- or sapphire he has uh people like create games that make it harder so yeah. Um, way more encounters out there, but also like the trainers are way harder, way more Pokemon, but they're also their AI is much better, yeah. and all these things.
0: Um, yeah, that's that's a whole other version of of what I wanted to talk about. Probably not this episode. Maybe another time. But I I recently got into coding, and I was I was sitting there after the end after a day of of coding, and I was like, I wonder what it would take to. Uh, to program, like, like a small. He's got the team Rocket. He did a, a playthrough where he was Team Rocket. So any trainer that he battled, he stole their Pokemon, and that was his team.
1: Yeah, yeah. What they're typically called, ROM hacks, right? ROM hacks, right.
0: And so I, uh, I may look into uh, what that what that takes, and if I can, if I have that ability, because I think that would be kind of fun to figure out how to make my own. Uh, make my own ROM.
1: Yeah, I mean that'd be a that'd be a a fun big project up from the uh the number generator. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh speaking of numbers, uh Jake, what's what's your relationship with math? Uh
2: I have I don't love it as much as Josh. Okay. Uh, Okay. Well there there are a few that do. There are a few that's fair. To me it's
1: tolerable. Okay. Okay. He's not horrible at it, though. He's good at you know arithmetic and like statistics, algebra, three, okay. four stuff. Yeah. He didn't uh, like calculus. Yeah. The best one.
0: Okay then, yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't expect an invite back. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Just kidding.
2: I was born uh, with the skills, we, man.
0: <laughs> we're gonna start talking a lot. I'll, we'll circle back to more fun stuff, but I want to talk about some of the math that they uh, they put into uh, the games. So obviously, there's normal rounding. Right? So if you have 3.6 rounds to 4, there's something called flooring, where if you have 3.6, it goes down to 3. And then there's something called pokey rounding. It's specific <laughs> to Pokemon, and it is not just early games. This is a normal uh, thing in all the games. So if you have like 16.5, it goes to 16. Or 1.56 goes to 2. So it's like a really interesting way to, to round.
1: Is it, is it just whatever it's closer to, regardless of if it's up or down? Yeah. Okay, yeah,
0: basically. Um, also, because of the limits of the technology of the original games, everything is in fractions. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so modifiers, for example, if you're doing a damage calculation, there's the base value times uh, two integers, an integer over another integer. So number over another an, another number. But it's not like the most simple version of that integer so for example 6,144 is uh, just uh, like one of the numbers they used as an example over 4,096 you could reduce that obviously but because it's easier to divide those numbers when they're bigger than when they're smaller they the original games had them as those large
2: integers interesting
0: Um, and it goes back to binary hardware being able to divide by two easier than it, faster and more accurately than any other uh, division. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, and so obviously all of those are just kind of the mathy parts of it. How to combine uh, all of these stats. So obviously, if you're in a in a battle. There's the accuracy of your move, so um, Swift is an attack, pretty yep. accurate.
1: Well, Swift always uh, hits. Yeah, I think it's always. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the few moves that, okay. it's, so it's not even not, 100%, it's a guaranteed hit. Yeah,
0: not a good example. We'll use uh, Razor Leaf, whatever.
1: Uh,
2: so there's a base... Uh, razor Leaf has 95% accuracy. Nine, no, that, I'll take it, I'll take okay, it. Okay,
0: so 95% okay. accuracy now in gen 1 gen 2 the calculation for if this attack would hit was the base accuracy times the evasion percent of the recipient of the attack and then the accuracy of the uh, attacker all of that went into if it would hit or not huh. which and so after so gen 3 going forward it was the evasion minus the accuracy and then that was times the base accuracy of the move mm. and i tried to i tried to pull josh and i tried to like number crunch and figure out like how much better how much worse um is it that is um and from my excel spreadsheet it was just it was a little bit more uh, even so with like gen one gen two it was very easy just to like go straight to like The extreme side of it's always going to hit or it's never going to hit like it was very easy to kind of flip that switch um with that very simple modification of that of hit accuracy uh it helps you know keep the game a little bit more fair
2: interesting Um, did you did you guys know that in uh, generation one only 100% one hundred percent accurate moves have a one in two hundred and fifty six chance to mess. Even if it's a hundred percent accurate, <laughs> isn't that infuriating? Yeah,
0: I uh, I will show you a video that you'll love because it talks about a specific Gen One statistic that once you hear it, you will never see something that is less statistically possible than that happening. I'm excited! I'm excited to show you guys uh, that video. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then also. Obviously, if you're going to use an electric move on a ground type, it grounds itself. Like there's going to be no effect. Not that it doesn't hit, but it has zero effectiveness. Which is it's not super related to like hit calculations. But I just wanted to throw that in there. Of like, there's certain moves, types, move types that won't hit certain Pokemon types, which uh, was interesting. Um, now, that's just kind of a lot of general battle information now how the crap are you gonna what's the i wanted the actual calculation for damage and i thought this was gonna be a pretty simple thing Mm -hmm. it is not it is not so first you have to determine the base power of a move which is based on circumstances sometimes it's weight sometimes it's hp like you mentioned if you're below 20 percent, you get an increased attack stat um there are some moves that are counter based so like fury attack it it gets stronger with each hit um some of them are based on enemies' h p some of them are based on the enemy type and oh so yeah there's that that's base power that's the first step then there's attack modifiers we've already talked about that then there's um the base damage, which is like how much a certain move can uh do so there's like a it can do 120 damage. I, I'm just throwing a number out there. Right. Um, then there's general damage modifiers like weather, um, and then there's final damage modifiers. And you'll you'll probably have to jump in because I I didn't have, I didn't really want to jump in too much of this, <laughs> but uh, there's these things go into final damage modifiers where it's base damage, spread, move, uh, parental bond, weather, whether or not it's crit a same type attack hey, bonus called, yeah same type attack stab, bonus, stab, stab. Uh, type effectiveness yeah there there is an equation i'll, I'll show you guys the <laughs> equation there okay. is an equation i swear but there are just it's ridiculous how many special cases there are like i don't even know if it should count as an equation because there's so many special special cases that's why we have if
1: statements right
0: yeah Uh, so i'm just i'm showing you guys this is the uh see it's pretty simple Mm -hmm. uh i'm showing these guys the the equations i have written down
1: but that's just for base damage
0: that's just (laughs) for base damage so once you can account for all of these uh, a lot of these are kind of like an on and off switch like you're talking about in programming it's just like a turn on turn off Um, but yeah uh and then we uh was like, okay, there's got to be something else that I can look up that's got to be more simple than calculating battle damage. How are crits calculated? Not simple. Again. No. Okay, so when you're trying to calculate a crit, there's a there's some randomness. Okay, sorry, let me back up. There is no such thing as randomness in computation. It's pseudo-random. Yep. Eventually there will be a pattern emerge because we don't have an equation for true randomness. It can be pretty pretty good at randomness, but with that underlying assumption, whenever we say randomness, it's not true randomness. So, calculating a crit. You would always think that it's, it's pretty random, but apparently, the damage for a crit is calculated by the final damage from what we were just talking about, and then it's multiplied by... A number that is randomly picked from zero to fifteen. Yep. So you take that number, a hundred minus that number. We'll call it R. A hundred minus R, and then you divide that by hundred, and that's how much damage it will do. Yep. So that's that's not too bad for
1: damage wise. No, it's just it's another interesting thing to to play around because especially when you're doing like a hardcore nuzlocke, you can't just like lose all your Pokemon. You can't just let them all faint. Yeah. And so you're really you're really trying to play and rotate your Pokemon such that none of them die. But then you get into a case where you have enough damage where you would survive a regular shot, but then crit, you know, gets you in a range where you might die if a crit is rolled. But maybe sometimes you're like in the middle and you're like, well, it's only if it's a high roll crit will I, will I die. And
2: then, of course, That's it's the true. high roll crit and you die because you have to take that chance. Right. And and crits have been nerfed over time just because of how devastating they can be. Mm-hmm. And interestingly, back in, in Generation 1, crits were based off of a Pokemon's speed. So yeah, it, I just about to say. So if a if a Pokemon was fast, you know, is fast enough and it's using a move that has a bonus effect of having a high critical hit ratio, yep. it can crit every single time it uses an attack.
0: Yeah. So uh I I just mentioned the form the equation for how much damage a crit can do, but now when does a crit happen? So now you randomly pick a number from 0, which there's no crit ever, and there's 255, which means it always hits, Mm -hmm. always a critical hit. Now, the base speed attacker, base speed attack, divided by 2, is equal to T. If T is greater than the number R, that we, from 0 to 15 from last time, If that's, if, yeah, if R is less than T, then it's a crit. Doesn't sound too complicated. But now, there's a multiplier attached whether or not there are stat conditions. So, stats conditions can also affect your crit value. Yeah. And then on top of that, if you max out your friendship with a Pokemon, it 2xs any crit chance.
1: That's interesting. But going going back to the, the R and the T really quick. Yeah. Um base speed divided divided by two. Right? Yeah. And that you said that was on a scale and then that number well, on a scale from zero to two fifty five, right? Yeah. But how but that R was on a scale of zero to one hundred, wasn't it? Yeah. From so like So if R was less than T?
0: Oh, sorry. I I realized what I just did. The R's are different in each. Crit.
1: Oh, okay. So I, I was like, sorry,
0: I just confused everybody. So the R in the when a crit happens is is also an R, but it's okay, for random. Okay, so so different R, yeah. different number generated. Yeah, what I, I was learning from, I just wrote R because it was representing a random number. So R for random. The random number is also from zero to two fifty five. Okay. For yeah. When a crit happens, that, how that makes much sense. a crit does is also R, but zero to fifteen. So when R zero to two fifty five is less than t which is also to zero to 255 then it's a crit
1: that makes sense i was like man r from zero to 15 is going to be a lot <laughs> smaller where have all my crits been my yeah, whole life seriously
2: <laughs> i just want to say as not a big math person that went right yeah. over my head but it's okay you just use the same variable twice yeah
1: um
0: yeah so that's those are that's a lot of battle mechanics and I, I just, I wanted to kind of share that with you guys just to like show you how deep this rabbit hole goes. You knew, Jake knew this already. I don't know how, Josh sounds like he knows it a fair bit. Yeah. Me, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, I'll just say, yeah, like um, Jake's definitely a deeper world of knowledge than me, but I've also just been interested in some of these these deeper avenues because as I've grown up, it's not been as fun to play through like a standard game. So like yeah, getting into a little bit of these and through these through... Um, Hardcore nuzlocks and through different rom hacks has been a little bit fun.
0: Yeah. Um so now and there are two last math things I want to talk about before we uh we dive into some more well oh, actually no there's a lot more math stuff. Let's I'm going to share the more fun math stuff before I I go back into uh the the mathier math math stuff. <laughs> so do you guys know the odds of encountering a shiny Pokemon
1: oh
2: here we go this what's, man is a shiny, shiny hunter tell us
0: about shinies Jake.
2: Well, a shiny Pokemon is simply a Pokemon that is of a different color scheme than, than it normally is and the odds at which it is shiny uh, depends on the generation that you're playing uh, if you're playing generation 1 there are no shiny Pokemon they were implemented in generation 2 um, I have a caveat to that but oh. continue Continue. Um, and the earlier gens I know, I believe it's one through five have a shiny encounter rate of one in eight thousand one hundred ninety two, and then generation six and beyond they halved it to one thousand or er, to one in four thousand and ninety six.
0: Yep, it's exactly what I found. <laughs> uh, my caveat: I also was uh i never had seen someone do shinies in gen one
2: i just want to say i know where you're going with this now
0: okay 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 so for josh because you don't know right i have no idea okay so shinies do exist in gen one but because of the limitation of the technology they didn't color code or they didn't change the color so if Uh... you catch a shiny in gen one and then you trade it to gen two then it comes up as shiny
1: because, like, other thing throughout different games, they also make a different noise. So do they still make the noise in Gen 1? No. No. So literally, you, can, it, you just have no idea. You
0: cannot... Unless you break down, like, into the source code, Yeah. then you'll be able to... Because wow. it's a difference of, like, a 0 and a 1. Like, it's just a, a switch yep. that it turns on. But there's no indicator in the Gen 1 games of that. And so, there's, like... Yeah, so right you can catch a shiny in gen one but you can't see it or use it or do anything
2: fun you would have to be completely insane to try to capture a shiny generation one pokemon yeah um well and it's funny because uh from the original generation one games you can't transfer them up so you'd have to do it through um the link cable well so you they you can't transfer from generation one to generation two it's impossible it's they're kind of isolated so the only way to get generation po- or generation one Pokemon transferred up uh, is if you had a 3ds you could download the generation one games they re-release them what? on the 3ds this is new
0: to me I thought with the link cable you could link across games
2: so actually yeah so starting from generation three you can you can um, go from three to four to five, all the way up yeah but generations one and two are isolated and they are forever stuck. Okay. i can't remember if i believe it's generation three and onward um, i'm like 99 percent certain okay but and then yeah the generation one and two games they released on the 3ds um there was like a digital a digital version that you could play and mm-hmm. then on those versions you could transfer them Interesting.
0: um so i guess that's just more uh ammo for me because one of the roms that i was gonna i wanted to to try I don't know why no one's tried to do this, and I guess I'm giving away the idea if anyone wants to try it. But why couldn't you link all of the Pokemon games in, like, basically? It's not like open world, but it's kind of like an open world. Just connect all of the all of the games. So, like,
1: so like the Gen two games where you're playing the two maps, but now go from Gen one, play through every city up to Gen.
2: What are we on? Eight. Now? I think
0: eight, ten. I thought it was nine. I think nine
1: or ten. We're currently on nine. Okay.
2: I mean, yeah, I guess that would just be a massive game. I, so I, I know Game Freak, or I know they've been having a problem with um, just, th- there are over a thousand Pokemon now, and mm-hmm. I believe it's become a problem for them to have that many Pokemon in one game, um, just because they have, every single Pokemon has a different model and battle animations, and there there's so much that goes into it, so... I think just the sheer amount of Pokemon alone would make it hard for them to have yeah. a game with every single gem. Yeah,
0: I guess that's true. Still, would be a fun a fun attempt to, to make some kind of, like... You can play through all the games in one one file.
2: Yeah, no,
1: th- that would be interesting. And going back to open world, Pokemon, in some sense, is open world where you yeah. can open up some routes sooner than others. But yeah. most of the time, it is pretty linear, even though it's a fairly like cir- circular map. So what I always wanted, in my head, what I wanted if it was truly um open world it would be adaptive to like if if you've had one gym badge then the trainers on whatever route will be a certain level and if gym you have two or three gym badges you know everything will go up and so like i can go i can go hit the dragon gym first per, if i could get there right and have yeah. him play lowest and then i could go do brock last you know it would be just a fun way to play the game with auto leveling instead of you know, just wiping the floor.
0: Yeah, instead of grinding for a little bit and then just sweeping yeah. up until daily 4.
2: And yeah, the very interesting thing is yeah, in Scarlet and Violet, they attempted to do that. So you could go in whatever order you wanted, but technically you couldn't. I mean, because if you went to a certain area, those Pokemon would be higher leveled. So I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I want them 100%. I want to be able to, to travel to the the dragon gym leader first and have them, you know, if if the game realizes that I have zero badges, it will yeah. scale down the dragon gym's team to match me and then whatever order I battle the gym leaders in, it will scale their team exactly based on what levels I have. That would be so cool. But yeah, not only like gyms but also um
1: I'm on it, guys. trainers. Thank you. We <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> and and into some level wild pokemon cuz and there's some sense like I, w- you you should section the game up into like one, two, three, and four, so you can only get limited Pokemon. Like I, I get some of that, but still make it more open world. And maybe yeah, not be able to go to the eighth gym right away, but maybe hit one, two, three, four in any order, five, six, seven in any order, and then you have to eight last before you go. You know, some version of that. Mm-hmm. But if you could, you know, auto auto populate the levels to yeah. match a range, that well, would be awesome.
0: Yeah, I one thing I'd like to add to that, if I could, it would. Be- I'd love for there be a, to be a little bit more of a distribution of terrain and where pokemon are because I I hate I hate it that almost anywhere I go there's a ratata
1: Radatata. <laughs> have yeah. you um have you had a chance to play any of the games on the uh Nintendo Switch?
0: No, I haven't. I just recently got a Switch a couple of months ago, so working my way up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't played some of, like, the, the newer gen or um, remasters of them, but I, I've i played a little bit of Legends of Arceus, which is kind of a new take on Pokemon in general, mm-hmm. but that they do a really good job of alternating terrain and really specifying, like, which Pokemon
2: are in certain okay. terrains. It's a real open-world experience, and you're not seeing the same Pokemon. It's, it's very much uh, the Pokemon you're encountering are based on what region of the map you're on. Yeah. Um. It it varies like a lot, that. and very. I highly recommend you should definitely. So,
0: uh, this sounds funny. I I haven't told anyone this, so I'm telling you guys and everyone else that. Uh, just for the good experience that I've had with playing uh, Pokemon Silver again, I uh, I'm gonna try and play through every generation, and I I've never played any other generation outside of very very little Gen One, nothing beyond Gen Two.
1: Oh really? Wow. I've I don't think I've technically played a Gen One game. But I've played two, three, four, five. Five is black and white, right? Yep. And I maybe played a little bit of. I played a little bit of six. I played X and Y.
2: I think the yeah the only generation that I actually have not played through is generation six. I played through. Well, I guess not truly generation one. I played through uh, um, fire red and leaf green, which is uh, the remakes. The yeah. remakes. Okay. So those games, but yeah, uh, that's the only gen that I haven't played. Gen six X and Y. Uh, yep. Is
1: that this? Is that Sun and Moon? No. Sun and Moon was Gen seven. I started that game. I couldn't finish
2: it.
0: <laughs> so I uh, this is a challenge. It's gonna it's gonna be a while, but I, you know, if I can get re- emulators or I think they're all on the Switch, right? Um, For most of them.
2: So I, I hear they might be bringing older ones um to the Switch shop. I know they brought um. I think the Gen 1 games and Gen 2 games they brought to the Switch.
0: Oh, I I just have those on my phone right now, so I'm Um, okay
1: uh, with that. Then there's
2: remastered Gen 3, right? Right, but those, um, I don't think anything outside of Gen 1 and 2 they have on the Switch yet, other than the games that were made for the Switch.
0: Okay, so I'll have to find workarounds for that, but I'm okay with that. Um, I'm going to pause, and we're going to watch this this video really quick, so that uh, I can blow your guys' mind with some statistics. Alright guys, so what do you think? So we, sorry, for context we just watched a video and uh I guess spoilers for if you haven't seen the video, but we watched a video about the most unlikely things to ever happen, not just in Pokemon, but probably in the universe um, but someone was, was speed running and they were walking in the Safari Zone and they took 200 steps and the the uh, for every step they took there was a 10 percent chance of encountering uh, a pokemon and they took these 200 steps and he, this this video we watched broke down the math and it turned out to be one in three trillion chance of what he did of taking 200 steps and not encountering a pokemon would and yeah he, he didn't encounter a pokemon for 200 steps and that's a one in three trillion odds of, of happening
1: or maybe to put that into math that you guys will understand, he was 12,000 times more likely to win the Powerball yeah. than what just occurred in that moment. Yes.
2: And he wasted all of his good luck on that, of all things. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> no more good luck for him. <laughs> um, so the the whole video, I only showed you guys a clip, but the whole video was, was fantastic. Like, there there's a really, really cool, like, situations where, uh, like, Swift, Swift missed. And he he broke down like the mechanics of like why that happened and and math and, and all of that so this was this was a video for Josh because it's all about statistics but jake you are you're, you're involved in the Pokemon side of it so you'll you'll love it too um but yeah i just i thought that was just insane um yeah. yeah uh do you guys want to go into the only other math part I have on this is uh how experience points are are rewarded and gained
2: I know it varies based on the game. Um, I'm I'm interested to hear this.
0: It does. Um, so obviously, the the two main mechanisms for how much experience you gain from uh, beating a Pokemon is level and species. And in Gen One, Gen Two, there were four functions, and they're called polynomial functions. Josh, am I hitting your buzzwords yet?
1: Polynomial. Yeah. Love function. Love. You'll,
0: you'll love the next one after Gen Three. Yeah. they add two more functions and they're piecewise functions.
2: Oh my.
0: Yeah. Calm down, Josh. Uh, (laughs) uh, So the uh, four categories for the original games are fast, medium fast, medium slow, and slow. Um, And all of the polynomial functions are cubic. Okay. Um, And so for fast, it's 4 n cubed all over 5. Okay and then medium fast is a variation uh, medium slow is another very vari- so medium slow is probably the most complex uh, equation it's six over five times n to the third minus 15 n times to the second plus a hundred n minus 140 so
1: so essentially they're just like taking these these curves they, they- 'Cause the the super steep part is where it takes a lot of XP to level up. So basically there's like flattening this this curve in a way until it hits a point and then it goes back up.
0: Yeah, so specifically with uh let's see, let's see. So legendaries are in the slow category.
1: Yeah. So the
0: slow equation is five N to the Q uh to the third all over four. So the way they make it really, really difficult for legendary Pokemon to level up.
1: Yeah, we've all had those legendaries and those pseudo legendaries that yes. you just want on your team and you're yep. like Oh my god, getting yeah. that Salamence or yeah, Salamence fifty five. What's its pre- Bagon? Yeah. Sheldon. Bagon Sheldon.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm in the midst of that right now. I'm trying to get a Tyranitar.
2: Uh oh, yeah. gosh,
0: it's so much grinding.
1: And you have to wait
2: so late in the game
1: to get it to yeah, too.
0: Yeah, Tyranitar is one of the highest uh final evolution levels of all the pokemon in existence like it, it's insane um and then also for context to get to level 100 which is the max level you can get uh for slow type pokemon you have to have in total 1,250,000 experience points
2: and do you know what the number is? Um, would be compared to like the fastest, so the slowest versus the I, fastest.
0: I, I couldn't find what the fastest was. I found the medium slow. So the next level above slow is one million fifty nine thousand. So it's actually a good chunk less than than uh, slow. Yeah, I'm just assuming it. it
1: and of, when you break that down, I want to say towards the back half of the game, maybe a game, I guess it depends on, but what well, like a. Because you start out in like the tw- 5, 10, 20, 30s, and then I think towards the end of the game, you jump up to at least the high hundreds, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense.
1: And so, yeah, I, I'd be curious to divide out that math. How many how many Pokemon at X level do you have to defeat to get to level 100? Yeah. Because I'm um, sure it's thousands.
0: Oh, yeah, easily. And obviously, the higher level of Pokemon that you defeat, the more experience points you're going to get. Yep. Um, traded Pokemon, gain experience at one and a half times normal.
1: I did not know that.
0: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so early in the game in uh, Silver, you can trade a, a, a Bellsprout for an Onyx, And uh, I I didn't know this. So I'm just sharing my experience just now of the fact that this Onyx like just was leveling up like crazy up until I think it was like 35 that it started to slow down. hmm Um,
1: that's probably in part why they level cap trades I mean one you can trade in a very OP Pokemon but also you can train them so much quicker so like at at each gym for people who don't know each gym badge you gain an extra 10 levels that you can train a traded Pokemon to so well gym 1 is 20 I think and then 30-40 yeah
0: Um, and then Pokemon with high friendship also uh, receive a lot more experience points than, than normal Okay. Now, the only two strats that I have used or am familiar with for training Pokemon is uh, switch training, which is when you put your weaker Pokemon, you expose them to the fight, and then you switch them out so that you can uh, get some experience points to that weaker Pokemon and defeat it with another Pokemon. Now, that mechanic is axed in later generations. You have to... I I believe I could be wrong. Um, but you have to finish, whoever finishes the Pokemon gets the experience, all the experience points.
2: No, nope, I don't believe they ever changed that. Up. Yeah? Okay, yep. cool. They,
1: um, they made it a little bit easier with an item called the EXP share. Yes, I was just going to say, right. uh,
0: there's there are items that you can use that give you huge advantages over, um, so EXP share is one of those uh, items. Um, and then the other thing is just just grinding. like we mentioned grinding. like that's just brute forcing level training. And I don't think anyone can get away from that. Um,
1: Except in the later games, man.
2: Let what? me tell you. So particular, um, I believe it's actually only in generation five, but I think they made a change to the equation in that game specifically, mm-hmm. um, where they take your Pokemon's level and they subtract um, I believe they subtract your opponent's Pokemon's level. And I, I honestly, I don't know the math, but basically the, the larger the difference between your Pokemon's level and the other Pokemon's level, mm-hmm. the less experience you gain. So let's say... Oh, that ruins it! <laughs> so, so let's <laughs> really. say you're level 79, and the highest level wild Pokemon you can find is level 50. Uh, because there's 29 levels of difference between yours and, yeah, and the yeah. wild Pokemon, you actually gain... Basically, every time you level up, you, when he you gets level 80 and then 81... Yeah you're gaining less experience per battle um even though you're battling the same exact pokemon wow that's wild
1: and not actually quite what i was hinting at i was hinting Um, at in like the the new switch games and like legends of arceus and some of those games you start gaining xp like when you capture pokemon or even just when you defeat your whole team yep gains xp so it's like it's not so much of a grind fest, which after yeah. grinding for so long, it's well, yeah. honestly kind of nice.
0: there's also the uh the daycare that you can always drop pokemon yeah. into and yeah,
1: like,
2: well, they don't... I don't like the daycare
0: i I use it just to get eggs yeah, yeah like, that's, that's... That, I think that's the only reason anyone uses it to get the the eggs breeding and
2: the main reason I didn't like the daycare was it would delete. I don't know if it was randomly, but it would delete moves that I didn't want my Pokemon, you know, oh, to be Oh yeah, deleted. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. Cause
0: if you're trying to train up to get, uh, I know Thunder is a is a really great electric type uh, move. That they, they'll they'll overwrite it. Yeah. And so no, they that's, could that's yeah they cool. could overwrite a move that you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. So I'm showing these guys the actual equation that's used, um, and it's just a it's pretty simple algebra but the uh, the things that are included in the uh, calculation is if it's a wild Pokemon it's a one which means it has no effect and then if it's owned by a trainer it's one and a half yep uh, the base experience is of the Pokemon that's fainting and that they that's a table lookup and then if there's a lucky egg it's one and a half versus one if there's nothing. And then the level of the Pokemon is taken into account. And then uh, for Gen 1, depends there can be items held. Gen 2, like we mentioned, or I guess most uh, Pokemon games have EXP share. And then uh, t- there's another one where if the winning Pokemon is originally owned, it's a 1. But if it's traded or given, it's 1.5. Mm-hmm. So that's like the Onix I was talking about. I, I traded the Onix, so it was 1.5. It was... And it, it had, like, high friendship because of the trade or something like that. So
1: Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, sometimes when you step back and think about it, you're like, how the heck did somebody ever think of, like, basketball? How did those rules uh, ever... Yeah. How the frick did anybody just come up with all this math and well, probability and statistics and were like, let's make a child's game? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, if you think about it, it took them six years to get know, the first game out. Just, and a lot wow. of this, the foundation of all these mechanics were in those games. And so it took them that long to get a system that couldn't just... Because originally, I I didn't mention this, but originally the Pokemon they they had like a very basic game running, and they were like, man, this game's kind of boring because it just depends on how strong a Pokemon is. Like,
1: yeah, how are we gonna
0: make this more challenging?
1: It's it's truly a very elegant solution, I'll yeah, call it.
0: I I agree. Um, all right, guys, that was all the math I have prepared. I want to uh, see how many Pokemon theories, fan theories, or otherwise of a uh, a pokemon and so uh the first one what's the deal with ash and him being 10 years old throughout the entire series because ash was just very recently granted like pokemon master status and now he's out of the series right so what what's going on
2: uh, personally i i really think it's just uh, they did, they wanted to keep using ash because everybody loved ash Yeah, brand and, recognition yeah, and recognition, and um little kids want to be able to relate to the protagonist yeah. so that you know for each generation of kid that watches the show i think they wanted to keep ash where he was so everyone could relate
1: sense. and in my opinion opposed to like other anime like the anime is a big part of pokemon right but it that's not a huge part of the a huge part of like the player audience or the competitive audience I don't think transfers over to the anime per se. Yeah, yeah. And so like a lot of animes are adult focused and where I think this one is very kid centric. Yeah. But can we highlight the massive event that he did in fact become a champion I for know. the first time <laughs> in 20 some years.
0: Yeah. No, I, he finally did become the very best. I and that's another thing I need to catch up on is I want to catch up on all the the, the TV show because uh, my son, he's he's turning four, and last year we we watched through all of the available Pokemon episodes. Um, there's an app on Roku TV called Pokemon TV. All of the available Gen One episodes we watched through. And he he loved it. He'd come home from school and be like dad can we watch pokemon now which yeah. just made me feel so that's, good awesome. that's awesome um so yeah. i I'm, I'm also that's part of my challenge of playing through all the games i want to watch all the all the series up until ash becomes the the master
2: yeah and make sure to yeah make sure that your children you know become addicted to the franchise like all of us oh, the,
0: the plans go deeper so i the last handheld that i had was game boy advance sp uh a few years uh really like 10 years ago i bought another game boy advance sp with a link cable so now I just have to buy some cartridges for each of us to play on, and then we'll be able to, to train and play.
1: And oh, that would be train. amazing! Yeah. yeah, I
0: thought that would be a lot of fun.
1: You gotta get some uh, like DSIs too, so you can play four, five, six.
0: Yeah, I I may switch to emulators for some of those other games, just because I I have a Switch and I have maybe the maybe they'll be on the Switch by then, but I I never played the DS stuff, and so I'm like kind of not really in- into it like right. i want to learn how to play another game on a
1: well i mean it's not even that like, it's not
0: learning. that it's hard but i'm just more no. stuff to right. buy
2: yeah then um that's a, kind of a nostalgia factor like i mean yeah. your, your favorite yeah. games are probably gonna be generation two and you, yeah. you might play all the other ones and you're you're just gonna be like man i mean yeah. gen- I'll, nothing I'll like I'll gen 2 to that. so yeah.
1: i mean i think you and i probably grinded gen four the right. most i mean we we collectively between us we probably have at least a thousand hours on gen 4
2: <laughs> right and so yeah so to us those games are top tier but that's what we grew up on. Yeah, so i mean i think three
1: four and five are oh, pinnacle.
2: Yeah. i would agree i would agree
1: i'm excited
0: to play uh, gen three because i i've always heard so much about it so i'm i'm, I'm excited
1: and i mean would you recommend playing Ruby or Sapphire, or would you recommend just playing Emerald? Emerald all the way, not uh, even, Yeah,
0: I, not even I figured do. I would do Emerald because I, I played Silver and I was like, man, I should play Crystal. I had Crystal growing up, but I, I didn't realize how much better it was than, oh, man. than the other gens. It's the same type uh, of thing.
2: Emerald is the way to go.
0: Okay, Emerald it is. Uh, so, circling back, Ash, 10 years old, there are three theories. One, when he gets electrocuted in that storm with Pikachu he actually goes into a coma. It's kind of a dark way of looking at the whole mm-hmm. series, but that's how he remains ageless. Um, so so he's it's all just in his imagination, his yeah. dream. <laughs> and that's yeah. why he never dies. He never, like, yep. has any problem that he can't fix and, and stuff like that. Um, the next uh, theory is that he is a clone of one of Professor Oaks. <laughs> because uh, cloning's like a big thing in like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like the pokemon the first movie that's all about clones and so the the theory was that professor oak was also experimenting like the scientists who were making mewtwo he was experimenting with cloning and he tried a human and that was ash because we never meet ash's dad and his mom never talks about his dad or sorry there's like one reference to his dad at least that i came across or maybe he said he has some good relationship with his dad anyway um so that's another theory the last theory is a bit more on brand. Is, um, and you guys, I don't know if you guys watched Pokemon Good Old Days.
1: A little bit, yeah. So, I mean, we watched like, what was it, Saturday or Sunday mornings? We watched yeah, it come yeah, on, but I yeah. can't remember the exact span of.
0: Um, so that when he gets electrocuted in that storm, when the storm clears, this like mysterious Pokemon flies over him mm-hmm. with the rainbow, and it, it's Ho ho Yep. Do you guys know what Ho Oh is kind of like? known for
2: yeah yep
0: it, for
1: resurrection right right
0: so the theory is that ho-oh was present for that event of him dying and then resurrected him him and pikachu and so that they they're now immortal
2: interesting and what supo- but-
0: what supports this theory is you guys know the legendary dogs uh, right. Raikou, and te Yep. Right. uh the theory was if you go to the burned tower where you find those pokemon the legend says that there were these three Pokemon died and Ho-Oh brought them back. So they were Pokemon before, so, so and they were brought back.
1: Pokemon do die? I guess, oh. I guess sometimes in,
0: when a building burns out, <laughs> they do die. But uh, the theory was, uh, I thought this was cool, it was uh, because also in, uh, I don't know how to say the name of the town, e- Ecruteek? Ecruteek? Ecruteek. Ecruteek City, uh, there's like an Eevee, like almost gym situation where everyone's got variants of Eevee. So the theory that supports this ho resurrection thing is Entei, Suicune, Raikou was Flareon, Vaporeon, and Jolteon that were resurrected and made into these pseudo-legendary
1: dogs. Were those the original three? Were Spon yeah. and Umbreon later? They were Gen 2.
2: Gen two. Okay. Yeah, so
0: all legendary dogs and also Espeon, Umbreon, Legend. all those Gen 2. Yeah. So, I thought that was kind of a cool theory.
2: Yeah, and, and so that all that happened in the first episode, right, of Pokemon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so, which, and which is interesting because Horo is a Gen 2 Pokemon. Yes, I was
0: just about to say, they, they purposely put that in there to keep, like, everyone's like, whoa, what, what, who's that? what is this? So it kept you like that. It was like in the back of your mind of like, when is this going to show up again? Um, Which was pretty cool. Um, Have you guys heard the theory about Ditto? No, I've not. So uh, kind of in the same uh, vein as like Pokemon, the first movie, which just a a fun fact, I showed that to my wife, Pokemon, the first movie on a date to my wife. She cried like you should. And she loved it so yeah wow uh the a real theory, keeper, She's yeah. A keeper so. <laughs> yeah uh ditto is a failed mew clone hmm. so whereas Mewtwo is a successful clone of mew ditto is a unsuccessful clone of mew because if you think about it mew which if you look at the lineage of pokemon which that was a whole nother rabbit hole i didn't even get into <laughs> uh mew is kind of like the big dog of all pokemon or of all Pokemon, yeah, it it encompasses all Pokemon, their DNA on po- on Earth, not counting like gods. We'll just say that, and that yeah, uh, of all Pokemon that can use all Pokemon move sets, it's Mew and Ditto. Ditto can transform into any Pokemon and use any Pokemon's move set, yeah. so it can be any type and use any move. Same thing as Mew.
2: And the biggest factor is it's pink. It's also <laughs> pink! Uh, <laughs> yes.
0: The, uh, and then the other thing, I I don't know this for a fact, but there's a place called Pokemon Mansion in Gen 1. Uh, that's also where you find Ditto. And that is where Mew was cloned, like in the like basement of Pokemon Mansion. So that's another thing. Uh, yeah,
2: that's interesting. I think that one might have some merit to it. Yeah.
0: Uh have you guys heard about the Great Pokemon War?
2: No. No, I haven't.
0: So, uh in Gen 2, when you go to uh Kanto for the first time, you're in uh Viridian City. You're fighting the Electric Gym type. And oh, Vermilion. Vermillion, thank you. The 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 boss, the gym leader, his his sergeant surge.
2: Lieutenant Surge.
0: Lieutenant Surge. And he talks about how him and his Pokemon just wrecked people in the war. Mm. So, And there hasn't been a war in a long time, and this explains why there's not very many children and not very many men around. Or sorry, there's a lot of children. Not very many men around. Um, and so there's also a mention in the Pokemon games that America exists. Like uh, Lieutenant Surge mentions he's an American so really? now America wow. exists in Pokemon. Uh, lore. That's,
2: that's interesting.
0: Uh, and then, if you guys remember, you guys will love this. In Pokemon the first movie, when they're in the rowboats, he says that uh, the Viking are from Minnesota.
1: What? Really?
0: You guys have to go. Good. Ah. Guys, call yourself fans. Wow. Go, back, go back and watch the first movie. I'm not sure. When good they're in the, the rowboats, world. Ash says, because Team Rockets, the, they're in Viking up and they're trying to trick him but uh he says yeah i heard that the the viking are from minnesota
1: wow i'm not Wow, i'm bad with one-liners like that but that's like anyway gotta go rewatch that. very
0: interesting because it's the fact that you know pokemon were obviously in our world we would naturally think pokemon their weapons like we can use their abilities to do crazy things and that did happen in this universe of like there was a mass fallout and now there's lots of rules for how to use Pokemon and and uh, stuff like that. And now there's like a way that you can use Pokemon with rules and um, all of that. So I thought that was that was kind of cool.
2: That is very cool, and I think that translates to real life too. I think if there were Pokemon, uh, people would definitely abuse their powers, yeah. and there would have to be, you know, checks and balances right. to that. You yeah. know, however we implemented them.
1: There's there's a Paul for every Ash, right?
2: Correct. Absolutely
1: correct.
0: That one goes over my head, but I, I'll just I'll just roll with it. Um,
1: you'll you'll see it ev- eventually with It's gen, gen Four Gen okay. Four anime. I'll uh, get there.
0: I'll get there. Um, oh, further evidence for this: uh, Red, Blue, which is not really, but kind of. It's Ash, Gary. Um, we never see their parents, and so the theory is that their parents died in the war. Mm, so that, that's mm. kind of more to the the war idea interesting so um this one drives me a little crazy because time travel always gets me in a tizzy i i love it but hate it at the same time so like back to the future project almanac avengers endgame all that stuff like love it it's great but it's also like the the time loops and like it it bugs me pokemon doesn't have a timeline it has multiple branches and like loops and i it that that bugs me,
1: right,
2: and I, Not I really a
0: theory more of a fact, but yeah
2: right, and I think most of that just stems from I don't think they ever envisioned it going past that first yeah, that first region, so you know once it took off, they kind of had to just, oh, uh, we'll just make another region and <laughs> yeah. then another one and kind of just let's just wreck on all of this stuff right, and just kind of build upon it as we go, and yeah, unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of logical uh. Mm-hmm implementation yeah. but i i th- i
1: thought in the anime there was like something of them leaving to sino or, or there, there was some recognition that they were leaving one set to you know go to the next set of our next country whatever we call it
0: so some of the games might be linked but overarching the whole franchise there's multiple timelines of oh, what's happening
2: it's definitely more on the anime side
1: like yeah it's yeah. Oh, I didn't know they considered it multiple timelines.
0: Yeah, so like some of the Pokemon games can be grouped in a certain timeline versus others, which are in like
1: other yeah, timelines. That's screwy. Yeah, yeah,
0: I I didn't didn't love that one.
1: That's like, uh, did you ever watch like the Flash? No. World two hundred and fifty six. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. And then have you heard? This is probably more for Jake because he's more of the Poki lore expert have you heard of Pokeris?
2: I, I have heard of pokerus <laughs> and actually something pretty wild is uh we we're at my dad's house and i was trying to get josh to play pokemon shield which is gen 8 mm-hmm. so he started up the game and he was playing through and he caught a pokemon and i noticed it had pokerus and i was and i i was freaking out i was like josh <laughs> you just you just <laughs> got a pokemon and he's like what <laughs> and, yeah, uh, you should explain why that's yeah. loud.
0: Pokérus is a disease that Pokémon can get. The odds of getting Pokérus or catching a Pokémon that has it is 1 in 21,845. So even less likely than finding a shiny. Um, and it usually lasts 1 to 4 days um, unless you put it in the PC. Correct. So and it if I remember correctly, it's like got some state, some really cool stat increases.
2: So what Pokérus does is it doubles the EVs that your Pokemon gain. So if you're battling a Pidgey and Pidgeys give out uh, one speed EV, you get yeah. two speed EVs per Pidgey instead of just one.
1: So you can
0: really, really train in the one to th- one to four days that you have it. Right. And hopefully you can uh, selectively infect all of your Pokemon as as time goes on.
2: Right. And yeah, this lucky guy got it within ten yeah. minutes of playing a game it was unbelievable
0: was that your lucky shot josh
2: apparently man no lottery (laughs) for me
0: um yeah so um the the last two theories and these are more pokemon specific you guys know the theory around gengar no i don't gengar and clefable look very similar when you look at them side by side yep they also have almost completely opposite types so the theory is Gengar is Clefable's shadow.
2: I can yeah, I can see that.
0: I, I kind of like this theory. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um. And then Cubone. You guys know Cubone, right? Yeah. Do you know Genghis Khan? Yes. Cubone is an abandoned cub, Genghis Khan. Whoa.
1: Because
0: if you look at the eyes, the tail, the feet... They all have the the exact same eyes, feet, and tail.
1: Really? Huh. Yeah. Huh.
0: Should I pull it up? I can pull it Maybe. Up. I, I. I.
1: What was the lore around Q uh, bones? They always. What skull do they wear? Like a well, their mothers. Yeah, they're mothers. Oh, okay, okay. I thought it was like a Charizard skull or something. <laughs> but Pokemon don't die. Uh no. It, no. The
0: the skulls do look very very similar. So. Um. let me yeah this is the picture oh so yeah the, the sorry the stomach eye and tail so you can look at all of those and see that like they the eyes are exactly the same the tails are pretty much the same mm. the stomachs so you can kind of see how one would evolve into the other uh-huh. um, but yeah guys look at that uh-huh. That's pretty that's pretty insane.
2: That's interesting, yeah. Um
0: so I I really like that that theory as well. Um and the the real reason why they're so similar is when they were drafting up the first 151 Pokémon, uh the artist he just had a style and he just had the same style with a lot of these Pokémon. Um So yeah. Uh let me see, let me see. I think Oh and we we talked about Small Ant. Yeah. The thing that got me back into Pokemon after years and years of not thinking about it was his shiny only run. Okay. I don't know if you guys have seen that one, but he does like a 20 minute video of him finding a, a all shinies up until the Elite 4 and then he beats the Elite 4 with all shiny Pokemon and wow. it's it's such a fun like entertaining video that like you guys you got to watch so that one and uh the statistics one i showed you watch those two when you go home and uh, let me know cuz i think it's it's such a fun uh, couple videos yeah definitely
1: and uh link link them in the description below i love, i'm sure a lot of yeah. people will yeah, see yeah, of those. yeah definitely
0: the uh so the last thing i want to mention was something i found while i uh uh anyway someone made a bot a rom hack of a bot who shiny hunts for them and they vowed to find every shiny before every gym for every gym in the entire game and i think they're in emerald so wrap your heads around that i i actually have to run so uh we'll catch you guys on the next one